warning. And welcome to Connections Radio Show. I'm so glad you've made the connection. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we have a wonderful show today. Connections Radio, as you know, is all about exploring our relationship to ourselves, our community, and the world around us. And most of you know I've got a really special place in my heart for artists. And today we're going to be exploring all kinds of good art. And I have the privilege of having my my dear friend and co-worker on Connections Radio Show uh, be part of us today and share about a great project that she's working on. You may have heard Elizabeth on Friday afternoons. She does the Art Beat for the Week. Uh, and it's a cool update of things to do around the Twin Cities. She's passionate about the arts, and we're going to learn a little bit more about her. But I wanted you to know she also is my communications and outreach director. She designed our website that is super cool, Connections MN. ConnectionsRadioMN.com, my, my own website. Um, and she just did a beautiful job uh, and has been with me for the last three years we've been working together. I first met Elizabeth when a friend of mine, Kit, who's also a radio producer, co uh, co-producer with me on some shows, I said, hey, there's this really cool project that I want you to know about. And she's devising some really – she's done all these interviews um, on looking at abortion issues. And I want you to, to find out more about it. Maybe you can do a show, you know, find out. I think they may even need an actor. So I contacted Elizabeth and she had me do a uh, – a audition <laughs> that was done uh, on my phone, um, and I'd never done a self-taping of myself, so that was a challenge. And she was so warm and so endearing, and as a director, I just found her to be thoughtful and progressive and challenging and exploring ways to create art in new ways, and I was really taken with her. And I brought her on, and we did a show, and, and, and she cast me in her show. And from that point on, we just knew that we wanted to work together on wonderful projects. And I am a big supporter of her as an artist. And so I welcome Elizabeth Horeb to our show. Hi, I'm so glad to be on the air today. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. One of the projects that I have been keeping track of and just adoring is your Crock-Pot. You're in your second year of Crock-Pot Theater. But I am going to let you tell us what crock Pot Theater is. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, Crockpot Theater is a collection of new works from artists from all sorts of backgrounds. So we pulled together, last year we pulled together uh, 10 individual projects, so five visual artists and five performing artists. And what we do is we call it Crockpot because everybody gets three ingredients that have to inspire what they're making. And uh, and then the group makes. And this year we have actually seven visual uh, visual pieces that are being made and seven performing pieces that are being made. So we're growing. Last year was only ten, right? Yeah, only so, ten. Well, but ten was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and some of the interesting intersections is having both performance and um, gallery art that all supports the theme. And you know, and what better. Um, hot dish country uh, <laughs> to have an art of crock pot that, that celebrates mixing it up. Well, I find um, when you get stuck in a room with, like, I'm a theater artist, so when I have a room full of theater artists, suddenly the rules of theater constantly apply to what we're doing, and we're all looking from a very similar lens. And by having a room full of a variety of artists from all sorts of backgrounds and perspectives, suddenly these rules that can cause um, boundaries in what you're making disappear, and it's nothing but possibility, and you can start getting some cross-pollination and suggestions, and suddenly somebody's asked to be in somebody else's piece, and somebody's sees somebody perform something and it becomes something in their uh, visual art piece out in the gallery and suddenly everybody's influencing each other subtly and the idea is that we um, we really make artists confident about their natural instincts. We're not trying to change them. We're not trying to improve them. We're bringing in artists that are stellar, like they are already proactive in what they're making and it's like a fun challenge to get together and basically meet a whole new network of artists to collaborate with. So tell me about the process itself. Oh, sure. Um, we just uh, sent out uh, 
the um, acceptance emails this week, so we're still hearing back from everyone. But uh, what we do is we're going to have a meeting in a couple weeks where we're going to introduce everyone, and then we're going to actually vote on what our three ingredients are going to be. We don't like to self-impose. We like um, the ingredients to come up from ideas within the group. So it's like a two-hour process of voting and constantly crossing things off because you usually start off with a list of like 30 to 50 ingredients until you're down to the main three. Uh, Last year's, our three ingredients were um, black, a noise in the dark, and negative space. Um, so then we have our ingredients. Everybody goes away for a couple weeks and starts uh, figuring out where their mind is going. And over two months, we meet every other week. All the artists come together. And we do whips, so a work in progress sharings. And we show what we've got or we show a new idea we have. And then we ask the group, what did you like and what's exciting about this? Because um, the idea, I went to a Buddhist university, Naropa University, and we learned the Liz Lehrman feedback process, and we learned uh, positive feedback processes. And the idea is if we can accentuate and um, really uh, expand what's working, then the things that aren't working are just going to kind of fall off. If nobody talks about that egg you drop, Mm -hmm. it's probably not the hottest part of your piece. Mm -hmm. So you should put your attention on the things that people are talking about. Where there's heat, where there's the enthusiasm, where it seems to glow. Mm -hmm. And that that becomes sort of naturally reinforcing. Exactly, exactly. And so then over these two months, everybody finally gets to the end of their project. The performing artists get 10 minutes on stage each, and the visual artists get a piece of the gallery at Phoenix Theater. That's where we're going to be, and that's where we were last year, because Arts Nest is a co-sponsor or a co-producer for us again, which is amazing. Um, and we're really lucky that Phoenix Theater has a gallery and a performing space as well. So you have both a performance, and the performance almost kind of kicks off a longer run of the gallery itself. So you've got X number of days that you can be participative with the performance, but you can come later, even after you've seen the show and come back and reflect and see the beautiful pieces, or even if you unfortunately missed the piece you can at least take advantage of being able to see how those three ingredients created something that is going to be maintained in the gallery for how long? Uh, The gallery is up for three months. And a lot of the pieces end up being for sale, too, which is really exciting. And I know people are looking into creating prints, so something more affordable for Mm -hmm. audiences to um, be able to purchase. But yeah, it'll be a weekend of performances and a big celebration of the gallery at the same time. So if you come to one of the shows... Everybody's going to be there, all the artists. You can talk to all of them. Um, and it's January 5th and 6th, possibly the 7th. Um, and uh, What was and then, that, June? Yep, June 5th and 6th. Great. We might add a performance on the 7th. We haven't decided. But uh, but then the gallery is going to be up from that point through all the way through August. So even if you come out during like the Minnesota Fringe Festival and you come see a show, you can check out the gallery while you're there. Fabulous. I remember some of the pieces from last year that really moved me. There was um, – a celebration of bees uh, that was just amazing with honey and texture and this visual art that um, was outstanding. And it really captured an African-American spirit as well. Mm -hmm. And she had um, little uh, tubes of honey there to eat while you look at it. And, yeah, it was made into the shape of Africa. That was uh, Brianna Williams. She's a phenomenal artist. And she also created poetry. She was the one who created poetry that we had up in the gallery as well. And the fun thing about the way that you mounted the poetry is that you had to move with the poetry. Um, It wasn't just in one spot. I mean, you had to travel and you actually traveled with thought, which I thought was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, You also said some really nice um, female uh, rich uh, exploration um, visually that I thought was was outstanding. Yeah, that uh, particular photographer, she did this um, eight-piece piece that was up on one of the big walls and um, – this year, she's involved as our gallery coordinator oh, and co-producer. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. We had a really, really good time with her. Um, and also up in the gallery, we had um, folks who had written a book and illustrated it. And That's then right. we had uh, pieces of the illustrations up from what they'd made. And they performed it. And they performed it. Yeah, they, they performed the, the <laughs> book, which was like, how cool is that? It, it's a performance of a book, and yet the book could stand on its own as well as being something very moving and very touching uh, an innocent journey uh, from a child's eyes. And what's really cool is Jordan um, Taylor, who wrote it, and uh, her illustrator was Kate Listman, but um, Jordan now has just opened her own publishing company, Vermilion oh, Inc. Cool. Press. Yeah, super, super exciting. So, Well, I do want to give a shout-out to your gallery coordinator, Elizabeth L- uh, 
Luth. Luth. I want to make sure I pronounce that right. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Luth, who will be joining us when we do our next show. We are going to be – this is a two-part series. We're going to be coming back on May 23rd, which will be two weeks before the show opens. So you'll hear the progress of Crock-Pot. You'll hear about the ingredients and what they did with it and how it influenced each other and all that good stuff. When you first came up with wanting to do Crock-Pot, is it right now – what you envisioned or have there been some aha moments along the way that took different turns? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and you can think about it and come back in the fourth segment if this is too much to put you on no, the spot. No, I love it. No, I love these <laughs> ones that make me think. No, it's uh, it's constantly going to be evolving. Um, when we did it last year, suddenly I was like, we could use more artists. And now we have more artists and I'm like, you know what? Maybe next time we do even more cross-pollination and more collaboration between the different art forms. And so um, each time I do it, because this is actually the third time, because I did it as Glimpse back in Boulder with just performing artists. Each time I do it, I see a new opportunity and a new way to open up to more people and to new innovation. So um, I think the less I try to box it in, the more potential it has. And as a quick wrap-up. I know that you mentioned earlier about being at Naropa, but you've also done a lot of work at at various theaters. If you want to just share a little bit about some of that experience that you've done with other theaters and how that brings – Brings your support in such a powerful way for this project, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I was lucky enough to uh, get a residency during my undergrad while I was at NDSU. So I was out at Long Wharf Theater. And that's the first time I saw devised work. So I saw Dale Orlander Smith and David Kale um, create uh, a brand new piece made from monologues and real life experiences. And I was like, wow, that's how you make, invent something brand new. Because up to that point, I was completely restricted by the scripts that I had to buy. Mm -hmm. And um, after after that, I ended up getting into Naropa, and that completely changed who I was as an artist because um, the MFA program that was there, which was Theater Contemporary Performance, was run by Wendell Beavers, who was one of the first people in NYU's experimental theater wing. And then we were working with all of these writers that had uh, helped write the Laramie Project and were part of Tectonic Theater Project. Um, so like Greg Parati and um, Stephen Wong. And Stephen Wong is still a pen pal of mine. <laughs> I write him every once in a while. I'm like, can you write me a recommendation? <laughs> but um, but that's where I learned how to devise and create brand new stuff. And I got into contemplative dance and into new devising techniques and into feedback forms and interpersonal relationships. And uh, then being in Boulder for several years, I was constantly devising new work. And um, that's where I started seeing – uh, theater artists collaborating with visual artists, and then I moved here, and I've been seeing – I've been doing it. I've been working with Sandbox Theater here that does it very extensively. I just did Golden Record with them. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of my trajectory. And you did, and you did a piece uh, in Crock-Pot last year. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, how can I not? I, I, <laughs> and that's kind of it, too, is I want an opportunity to make something, and I want to be surrounded by a lot of really cool artists making new work. So, yeah, I, I made a, a theatrical piece that had dance in it. Yeah. And in our next segment, we'll meet some of the artists that uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll definitely meet all the artists that you've brought today, um, great people, and we'll particularly be spending time with Laura Bitgood who was in the show Mm -hmm. and had a very great piece that I want her to share a little bit about and and, and hear her experience and why she's doing it again this year and what role she's playing. So stay with us to learn more from the artists and about all the cool things that they're doing with Crock-Pot Theater. Uh, Coming attraction, June 5th and 6th. Want to give us the websites to take a look at? Oh, yeah. Uh, Go to our website, www.crockpottheater.com. That's theater with R-E. And from there, you can check out everything we're doing. All right. We'll be right back. You're on Connections Radio, and we want you to come back and hear about Crockpot. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, 
They'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork, digital done right. Would you like to learn how to have more effective conversations? On April 23rd, the University of Minnesota's Bakken Center for Spirituality and Healing is presenting a lecture by author and journalist Celeste Headley titled, 10 Ways to Have Better Conversations. This highly motivational talk with 10 practical lessons is designed to inspire self-confidence and introduces strategies for enhancing personal and professional relationships by simply becoming better at having conversations. Also being offered, mindfulness-based stress reduction, an eight-week course that will help you learn how to better manage stress, learn about taking control of your life, being aware of influences that affect your health and well-being, finding peace of mind, and returning to balance. Discover how to consciously and methodically deal with stress, pain, illness, and the demanding challenges of everyday life. Beginning March 31st in White Bear Lake, space is limited. Register now for 10 ways to have better conversations and mindfulness-based stress reduction at csh.umn.edu. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. I've been telling you about Snap Construction, the company AM950 trusts for all roofing and siding needs. Now that spring is here and summer is around the corner, now is a great time to find out why AM950 trusts Snap Construction. Ryan, the owner, and his team at Snap Construction have been great to work with, and they have enjoyed working with our listeners. Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners at AM950. What a great group of people and a great radio station. I personally want to thank all the listeners that we've had the opportunity to work with. At Snap Construction, we look forward to working with many more of you when it comes to your roofing, siding, windows, and insulation. Don't just take Chad's word for it. Google Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the Twin Cities Metro. We led this community with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate. Call today, 612-333-SNAP, 612-333-SNAP, or visit us online, snapconstruction.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we're talking about Crock-Pot Theater. And if you've missed the first segment, you might be wondering, what's Crock-Pot Theater? Well, it's a collection of new works created by artists across disciplines, and they create all kinds of innovative new works by cross-pollinating. The artists get to develop this piece. There's going to be performance aspect as well as gallery aspect. It's an art happening. I don't know if you guys remember way back when we used to have happenings. And this is one of those. But it's a happening that that takes place over a few days that really celebrates art and the art experience and immersion into arts. And I have today uh, a very dear friend, but she's also a co-worker with me here on Connections Radio Show. And she also does the Art Beat for the Week. If you listen in on Friday afternoons, you'll hear about all the cool things happening uh, for the upcoming weekend. Uh, Elizabeth foreshadows the things that you should do and be thinking about and, and get involved with. But she's also the the overall producer, director, supporter, art director for Crockpot. And just a joy to have you here, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you so much. We love talking about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and it was fun to get to know you. If you missed again the first segment, go back. We'll, we will have it up on our podcast, which is on am950radio.com. You can go there and then you can just scroll down to the connections icon and uh, click on that and listen to the show and hear a little bit more about Elizabeth. So in this segment, Elizabeth, I'd love to have you introduce the artist that you've brought today. And then I want to get to know Laura, who I absolutely just was delighted to see on stage last <laughs> year. And I want to share and have her share a little bit about her performance piece that she did for Crock-Pot 2019. Uh, but Elizabeth, share with us, who did you bring today? So uh, directly to my left is Laura Bidgood, and she is a uh, storyteller and amazing theater artist. Thank you. Well, it's true. <laughs> Um, And then um, I have Anthony Bankus here, and he is a writer. And uh, would you say poet or writer? I would probably say writer. There's poetry involved in it. (laughs) Yeah, and he's going to be up in our gallery, one of our gallery artists. um, A lover of words. (laughs) Yes, perfect. (laughs) And he does make beautiful visuals that always accompany his uh, writing. And then we also have Ramir Mooney, who is um, a brand new crockpot artist for this year, 2020. Um, And he is a uh, photographer. 
and was really drawn to some of his photography that involved um, children, actually. It was, they're stunning. And he, he does great photo manipulation as well. So it's a gallery showing, plus three performances, and maybe more. Uh, it's at the Phoenix Theater, which is in Minneapolis, and it's on June 5th and 6th. And the gallery part, though, is opened through August, so it's three months to celebrate this art. Uh, but it's just a cool way to incubate art and then um, have something that resonates for months after. Sometimes after a performance, it's, you say you're sad and it's goodbye, but this kind of lingers in a nice way. Uh, come back and remember parts or, or be introduced to how the concepts were perhaps influenced in the gallery by the performing arts. Laura Bidgood. Hi. Last year was the inaugural uh, 2019 kickoff for Crock-Pot Theater. How did you first hear about Crock-Pot Theater and, and your interest in doing storytelling with Crock-Pot? Yeah. Um, so I'm a storyteller here in the Twin Cities. Um, I have known Elizabeth for – Oh, for a long time. Um, we originally met in Fargo, North Dakota, where I went to school. Um, she's from originally. And um, when she had moved back to the cities, we were um, just kind of in communication. And she had mentioned that she was putting together this amazing kind of uh, project called Crockpot Theater. And mm-hmm. it sounded so interesting and fun. And um, I was immediately interested in it and I kind of got on board that way. Well, Elizabeth was new in the area too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to be able to have someone that you know from way back when, but that also knows your artistic um, sensibilities. Yeah. And there's a trust that you mm-hmm. can have from the get-go. So I bet you're excited. Yeah, it was really fun to be able to not only work with my good friend Elizabeth, who I hadn't seen for a while, but then also be able to challenge myself artistically in this new project. So it was really fun. Tell me about how you felt the, the process went for you. What Were there any ahas and surprises for yeah. you when you were developing? Um, the process was amazing. Elizabeth did a great job of kind of bringing um, all of us artists together. And it was amazing to be able to work with people with so many different mediums, um, the writers and the artists and everything. It was great. Just all getting together. Um, and the process of like picking ingredients, we literally all sat down and like brainstormed ideas that we would like to see on theater that we could write a story about. Um, Can you name those three uh, ingredients again? Sure. Uh, it was blank space, um, a shout in the dark. It was. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, close. Okay, so negative space, I <laughs> negative think, was one. Space. And black. Black. And then um, a noise in the dark. Almost there. Not something, quite. <laughs> something I like that. Those. <laughs> Next maybe, year, this year. <laughs> maybe this year. You never know. So, looking at those ingredients, you must have had a resonation somewhat with a word or two that brought back a memory yeah. that you wanted to explore. Tell me about that. Um, for me, um, Black was really important, and a noise in the a noise in the dark uh, was interesting to me, just because it has so much significance. And I was thinking about um, different kind of noises that I heard in the dark, and different kind of uh, ways to approach that and stuff. And then I was thinking um, just about like a negative space, and thinking about um, for me, for some reason, like gym class was always like a big kind of a negative space for me. Um, and then I kind of thought about like a noise in the dark, like a noise like in the theater mm-hmm. or in the gymnasium and stuff. And so then from there, um, I just kind of kind of put it all together and just kind of worked on it. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. Like the three ingredients used as kind of a influencer of what your story is going to be about was a really nice challenge just because it helped you kind of – you could go wherever you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it was really a, a fun challenge. And it's interesting how different people will take – the meaning of negative space different ways. Yeah, yeah. Like negative space, is that void or is negative space like a bad experience? I know. For me, um, we definitely people had it as kind of a void. For me, I just took it at the word and like really thought of a negative space for me. Um, and then the interesting thing about Crock-Pot too was people's interpretation, like mm-hmm. like a negative space or, you know, it was really interesting and kind of fun to explore that in different ways. And you need to be vulnerable with some of these stories you do. in order to have it have that real authentic. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I took away from the experience as an audience member yeah. was how raw and authentic individuals could be mm-hmm. in sharing who they were. And that yeah. there was almost buoyed up by each other's vulnerability mm-hmm. to share that. And I found that really astounding in art. Yeah. I feel like the more vulnerable sometimes you can be on the stage, the more you can connect with your audiences. And I feel like 
I tell my best stories when I'm vulnerable and share with them a piece that they mm-hmm. might not necessarily see on the surface. Mm-hmm. And to be able to kind of bring that that memory that memory to the stage and share it with a bunch of people um, has always been really therapeutic and really just inspiring for me. So, Do you want to share a bit of what you did last year? Oh, my gosh. Year? I would love to. Let's take a and look. And what was the name of the piece? Uh, it was called Chubby Gym Class. And she's just pulling it up right, right. for us. There we go. <laughs> When it came to picking teams in gym class, I was almost always picked last, until Bonnie Monroe, who was even less adept at hand-eye coordination than I was, moved away, and then I was for sure always picked last. I was a constant failure in gym. In eighth grade, I pretended to have my period every other week to get out of gym class, which worked for approximately three weeks. Then, a few weeks later, after some awkward encounters and social dance, I started skipping gym class and hung out in the library because that's what nerdy badasses do when they skip class. At the start of ninth grade, after I skipped gym class for two weeks straight, I got in trouble and was sent to talk with the high school counselor. She suggested that instead of regular gym, I might want to go to the neighboring high school and take a gym class being offered called weight management and fitness, or what I like to call chubby gym class. Excellent, excellent. So I love that, you know, it, it's funny, but it's also very relatable. Yeah. And yep. very personable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you have both the hurt and the giggles right. with it. That uh, And just to have that perspective. And, yeah. and we all did like crazy things when we were young. Right. But, <laughs> but how did that affect us? And how did that create yeah. that negative space? That and, and what was your solution during those crazy times? <laughs> I think um, – for me, it's interesting because sometimes the most painful memories um, uh-huh. kind of end up being the best stories in the long run. Yeah. Um, and I think I've always kind of, as a writer and a storyteller, I've always taken those moments of like embarrassment and mm-hmm. like being like a failure at fitness, you mm-hmm. know, um, and then kind of turned it around and seeing how I can, instead of looking at the downside of it, what's the upside? It was a good yeah. story, um, you know, and just like the funny incidences that come along with it. So for me, Jim has always been like a negative space. And this year... Not only are you going to be developing a story again, but you're also helping with some of the production and social media and, I am. and getting excited. the word out. Yeah. So, and that'll be kicking off soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited just after last year's wonderful experience to be able to be back with Crockpot Theater um, as a performer. And I can't wait to kind of see what we're making in that Crockpot this year. I'm very excited to see what those ingredients are going to be. Um, and then I'm also doing social media. So Terrific. I'm very excited to... And give, and give us the website one more time before we yeah, go. Uh, www.crockpottheater with an re.com. So stay with us. We're going to uh, get the chance to get to know more of the artists from the Crockpot Theater and the cool things that they're bringing. They don't know the ingredients yet, but they know what art they'll be bringing, and we'll get to know them and their art. So stay with us for Crockpot Theater on Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. <laughs> I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the Eastside their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. 
don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service and enhance program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Hey there, I'm City. And I'm Pang. And we're in a production called Face to Face Hmong Women's Experiences at Park Square Theater in St. Paul. It is an interview-based theater production featuring us and three other local Hmong women. And we're telling our own stories on stage. We collectively tell our personal stories, everything from mental health and depression, finding our own voice while living in two worlds, beauty standards, and a lot more. Created from interviews with the cast, the script is woven together to tell our individual experiences. The show has humor, tears, laughter, and even a little bit of romance. You should come check it out. This is our personal journey, and we invite you to join us for an evening of discovery and connections. Face to Face is on stage at Park Square Theater, March 5th through 15th. Tickets are available at parksquaretheater.org or 651-291-7005. We look forward to having you join us. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be sunny with a high near 56, while tonight's mostly clear with a low around 43. Tomorrow's mostly sunny with a high near 64. Monday, chance of rain with a high near 42. And Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 43. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Hazel's Northeast. For classically inspired, creatively prepared comfort food, come try the Hazel's Reuben and Wild Mushroom Ravioli at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. More details at eatlocalminnesota.com. Back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're talking about Crockpot Theater. You may go, Crockpot Theater. Well, if you've been listening to the last two segments, you know that it's sort of an artistic exploration that ends, well, that even ends, that will culminate with a performance and then three months of gallery art. So it's a collection of new works. It's created by artists across disciplines. They're going to be creating innovative new works and cross-pollinating in the process. And so the artists will come together and they will have three ingredients that they will need to riff on with their art. And it will be a combination of performance and gallery art. Elizabeth Horeb, who you have probably heard on Friday afternoons doing Art Beat for the Week. She is part of Connections Radio Show in many ways. She's also our communications and outreach director. She did a beautiful job with our website, ConnectionsRadioMN.com. Check it out. It's a beautiful piece. It's also a graphic in there is by a local St. Paul artist uh, that we use, Christy Abbott, um, designed our logo for Connections Radio Show. So I love having Elizabeth on here. We started our relationship with me being in a play that she devised, uh, and then we grew into partnership with radio. So thank you for being here, and thank you for the work you're doing with Crockpot. Mm, thank you. <laughs> so you brought some artists. Introduce the artists that you brought today and who we, will, who we will be interviewing in this third segment. Awesome. Yeah, we just talked with Laura Bidgood, a storyteller, but now we're moving on to um, two new Crock-Pot artists for this year. Um, Anthony Bankus is a writer, and his work is going to be going up in the gallery. And then we also have Ramir Mooney, who is a photographer, whose work will also be going up in the gallery. So you'll be able to see it anywhere between uh, June through the end of August. Anthony, you saw the show last year. I did, yep. Tell me about how you felt going in to see Crockpot Theater, what did you expect and was it what you expected? I don't know if I knew what to expect going into it. Like <laughs> well, Crockpot Theater is kind of like, what? <laughs> I knew what the what the idea was and that there were these ingredients and I knew people participating in it. And so I had like kind of heard about the process leading up to it. But once I got there, it was like unlike anything I think I've ever experienced art-wise. Because I feel like when I'm normally going to see something, it'll be like, for a specific art form, like I'll go see a play or I'll go to like an art gallery. And this was like everything. Like there was like a spoken word piece throughout the evening and there was a theatrical piece and then there were all these visual elements. And it was like, it, it was, it was like nothing I'd seen before. And, and then you heard that there was an opportunity to be part of the show. Yes, I did. <laughs> and what did you think? 
I thought it scared me, I think, because uh-huh. I, I haven't done a lot of public display of my work before, but I like knew it was something after going last year, I was so excited to apply for it because I was like, I think to, especially with writing, writing can be very solitary and secluded. Um, and so I loved the idea of Crockpot that you were coming together with all of these artists and you weren't just writing by yourself. I mean, you were, it is your own piece, but you're mm-hmm. like Elizabeth had said, cross pollinating and you're bouncing ideas off of everyone. And it was a very, like, I loved the element that was all of the artists coming together. I think that's one of the joys of performing arts, um, is that you do get that chance to be collaborative yeah. and you do get a chance to put something up on stage together. Yep. And there is uh, almost an artistic group uh, sensibility that grows out of that that sometimes gallery artists don't have the chance to be part of. Yeah, And you're kind of a nice cross between um, the gallery artists in that you create images that support – your work in both prose and poetry, Mm -hmm. uh, but you then can benefit from the aspect of a theater production that really isn't a theater production. It is, it is what's crockpot theater. The the name theater is in it, Um, but it allows you in a non-traditional way to be working with a group of artists. Yeah, totally. Tell me about the work that you most like to explore. So it's, I, it's, Prose poetry is usually what I like to call it, and it's usually creative nonfiction. And so it's just taking kind of moments and experiences from my life and doing little, like, I kind of look at them as like these little lyrical blips of kind of moments. A little vignette? Yes, of <laughs> moments in my life. And I like to incorporate visual elements into them. And so the most recent pieces I did was. Um, they also incorporate like pressed flowers into them, but they're little, they're like paragraphs usually. Um, but I, so it kind of is poetry and it's kind of prose and it's kind of just a blend of. Will this be your first time that you've done your poetry out loud to an audience? Um, I don't think I'll just be displaying it in the gallery. Okay, so, so you, it'll you be, won't be in the performance. No, I won't part. be performing. It, I suddenly look the... like relief in your eyes. Oh no! Oh no! No no! Well, a I quick performing? look to Elizabeth. We did not agree that I would be performing these pieces. What did I sign up for? Yeah, got that. No, you... but you still get the benefit of the performers. Yeah. But your work will live on a little longer mm-hmm. in terms of being in the gallery. The performance, I understand, is June fifth through the seventh. Through the sixth, sixth for sure, possibly the seventh. Got it. And it's at the Phoenix in um, Minneapolis, and that's on Lindale or Hennepin. 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 I always get you know those yeah, uptown the the, the main drags. the The Phoenix will be hosting your work through August, mm-hmm. and might you also be putting some of it up for uh, for sale, like some of the other artists, or is I think yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the goal, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. So in exploring the art that you do, would you say that it's self-reflective in terms of your own experience of that moment, or are you describing moments that occur for others? I think a lot of it is is self-reflective. I think I I didn't start even really doing writing creative nonfiction until a few years ago when I took a writing class in college that was creative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And it was suddenly like, oh, I can like write about what's what's happened to me and what I'm thinking about. And I think it was it came at just a very pivotal moment when I was still at like a pretty unhealthy Christian school and I was coming out as gay and there were like just a lot of different factors going into that. And so to be able I like didn't realized how much I needed to, like, write about it in order to, like, liberate myself to be able to talk about that. So tell me a little bit about how art and healing can come together and and give you a different way of looking at the world. That's a really good question. Um, I think the... For me... Sometimes, like, speaking something out loud is scarier than, like, 
writing it down. And mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of times what I was writing, I would like be able to realize things about me or things that I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to like say out loud or say to the people around me at that time in my life. But so then your being own able to uh-huh. write it. Yeah. It was as, like, as oh, your Yeah. So yeah. the discovery process of who you are yeah. as well as creating art that's outside yourself. Yeah. And it's now like just looking back on the pieces I wrote, it's kind of just there's like this progression of like this is where I was at. I wrote this when I was like still in the closet and didn't really know what I was feeling. And so mm-hmm. that's reflected in what I was writing. And then like versus the pieces I've been writing like last year are mm-hmm. completely different. So it's been it like tracks the progression of discovery i very much look forward to seeing your art thank you i will be there in june and i'll probably come back um, and visit the gallery periodically because the art is very immersive and very beautiful i want to spend time with ramir and we're going to start the interview now but i'm going to also bridge it into the next segment as well but i'd like to have the audience get to know ramir who, this is your first experience with Crockpot. You have not either uh, seen a show, but you have been supported in your art and encouraged to think about bringing your photography to be part of this experience. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's been an amazing experience already just getting through the application part. <laughs> <laughs> the application part got you thinking, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it, um, the questions were very simple, and I think it's always good to have something simple because you can turn something simple into, you know, more than what it is. But it helps you to think like, okay, what are you really trying to accomplish with your work? You know, are you just doing it to do it, or do you have a voice that you're trying to put out through your art? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I do is put my voice out through my art. But I also do a mixture of a lot of things, so it's like. When I do take pictures, I don't always want to tell people about what I was feeling. I want you to, you know, tell me what you're feeling because mm-hmm. we could have the same feelings without me explaining, like, oh, I was sad and I took this the way I took it. But, you know, when I let people talk, I always get that out of them, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like somehow I found a way to manipulate the picture for them to tell me what's wrong mm-hmm. with them. So it's like we're having a conversation and we're getting to know each other off of that, you know, and I think that's beautiful that I can just sit there and listen to them talk because they feel so relieved after that. And I'd be like, man, that made my day, you know? And a lot of the photography that you most like to do is in nature, right? Yeah, I love nature. I love people too, but uh-huh. sometimes I need to escape and, and go in the woods. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and we all have different experiences that nature brings out in us. Yeah. And and you've had such a rich experience as a uh, growing up more in the country yeah. and loving the nature yeah, and seeing um, things in nature that, that resonated with you. I love the country. Country. Like, I used to daydream all day long about beautiful scenery. I never knew what it was, but, like, my mom or my brothers would come up and was like, man, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm, like, you're always looking up in the sky. Like, what, what do you see up there? I'm it's chilling. Like, it's not the sky. It's just I see a picture, and it's yeah. like I want to go wherever I see, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a big thing with photography is just, like, I really want to travel the world and take pictures because I don't go anywhere. So it's like. That that's like my end goal. It's like, and I can see it too. It's like I'm gonna go everywhere and be like, "Oh, where are you at? You at home? No, I'm never at home." <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna talk some more with Ramir as well as um, sharing about getting ready for the show coming up. Again, I want folks to know it, it's a little ways out, so you can put it on your calendar now. Um, June fifth and sixth, and it's Crockpot Theater. It's going to be at the Phoenix. It will have both performing arts as well as gallery art and. You're hearing kind of the behind the scenes as it's just getting started. And then on May 28th, 23rd, 23rd, we'll be back uh, for our second show on Crockpot. And we'll see where it's gone and where it is then. So stay with us. We're coming up on our last segment. I always hate having this go so fast. But this is a great show with great people. And stay with us. Uh, And hear more about art and Crockpot Theater. We'll be right back. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. 
Clockworks Technology Consulting, experience design, and software development expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork, digital done right. Hey, Twin Cities, are you trying to move your side hustle to your main hustle? Having trouble leveling up your back office? Getting stuck on how to find investors so you can secure that bag? Then you need to come to Connect Up Summit Friday, March 13th, and Saturday, March 14th at Metro State in St. Paul. Connect Up is a two-day summit offering hands-on workshops and connects small businesses with each other, local investors, as well as other local and national resources in the Minnesota entrepreneur ecosystem. Connect Up sells out every year, so get your ticket today. Go to www.connectupmn.com. Hey there, I'm City. And I'm Pang. And we're in a production called Face to Face Hmong Women's Experiences at Park Square Theater in St. Paul. It is an interview-based theater production featuring us as three other local Hmong women. And we're telling our own stories on stage. We collectively tell our personal stories, everything from mental health and depression, finding our own voice while living in two worlds, beauty standards, and a lot more. Created from interviews with the cast, the script is woven together to tell our individual experiences. The show has humor, tears, laughter, and even a little bit of romance. You should come check it out. This is our personal journey, and we invite you to join us for an evening of discovery and connections. Face to Face is on stage at Park Square Theater, March 5th through 15th. Tickets are available at parksquaretheater.org or 651-291-7005. We look forward to having you join us. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the East Side Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. We're back! And we're, we're chatting away. You're on Connections Radio Show now. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and I've got fabulous artists who are all part of Crock-Pot Theater. And I've got the artistic director of Crock-Pot Theater, Elizabeth Horup, who also is a... A AM 950 personality herself. She does Art Beat for the Week on Friday afternoons, and she also is the Communications and Outreach Director for Connections Radio Show. Did a beautiful job with our website, connectionsradiomn.com. Check it out. Very cool. She has put together a cool group of folks that are doing Crock-Pot Theater. And what Crock-Pot Theater is, is they get some ingredients that they figure out that they're going to do. They all work on it, and then they s- celebrate what they have worked on by doing a performing arts piece as well as having gallery art. And through the show, we've gotten to know Elizabeth a little bit more. Uh, we had in the second segment, we got to know Laura Bidgood, who was a performer last year and who will be performing this year. And she's also doing social media. Check out segment one and segment two for Elizabeth and Laura. Last segment, we had the joy of getting to know Anthony Banks, who is a uh, writer and visual artist. Visual writer. How's that? Does that work? That's perfect. Okay. You're a visual writer. And a little bit about Ramir. Ramir is new. She has not seen a show but got encouraged to uh, to join because a lot of folks are recognizing that his photography art is cool and, and has a lot to bring. You went through the application process, Ramir. Mm-hmm. And we were saying in the last segment how that uh, impacted you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what you wrote in okay. your application? Well, I got one that really stuck out to me. And it was just very simple, and it goes, describe the art you do. And it took me a minute. I was like, huh, describe the art I do? Well, I never I never thought about that before. So, okay, let's see what I can come up with, you know. So I feel like I was on the spot doing an interview, but I wasn't talking to nobody at the time. Like, <laughs> what prepared you for this interview? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's how, like, and that's the mindset I was in. I was okay. like, oh, okay. And so my answer was, when I take photographs, I like to let the viewers describe how they feel instead of me telling them what I feel or how I felt about the photo. 
it's important to let others describe the art for themselves instead of me doing it for them. You know, that's how we we make a connection and a bond and just can talk to each other. You know, I don't have to tell you everything. You let me know what's on your mind, you know, because art can stir us. Yeah. And when it does stir us, it may stir us for different reasons or it may be what the artist intended or it may not be. And sometimes an audience member can recognize something that you may have not intended. Mm. But as you look at it, you find it yourself. Yeah, it's a it's a lot that comes with art, like far as like. If you need a message or something, you know, it's something that you could be searching for and a person could come and tell you something. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. I was looking for that. Like, <laughs> you know. And that's a perfect segue back to Elizabeth. My guess is in doing this is that you've learned from the artists as much as you've been able to provide a structure and an opportunity for them. Uh, you did a piece last year as well. You were part of the program. You'll do a piece this year. Um, and you're doing good work. And I also want to encourage um, – folks to consider supporting the work that you're doing. And I'd like to have you share a little bit about how they can do that. Yeah, we are uh, pumped because we just nailed our fiscal sponsorship. We are officially uh, fiscally sponsored by um, Springboard for the Arts, which means any donations that people give are tax deductible now. And it's, um, it's a big deal. So, And Springboard for the Arts, a shout out to them. They do a beautiful job in recognizing artists and ways that they can support them. So thank you, Springboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can go to our uh, website and uh, so crockpottheater.com and there we have a donation page and it'll take you to Give MN where you can donate to us. And um, what we want to do is we want to give the artists a little something back for the time that they're putting in and to be able to pay our technicians that are in the booth running the lights so that the audience can see us. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, that's... We're bumping things up a level. We have an additional four art pieces that we're supporting this year, and I think it's time that people aren't always digging in their pockets. Mm-hmm. When you support when you support local artists, you're really supporting our economy, and you're helping to support them to do the work that we love. So I want to make a personal plea that folks consider making a donation to support Crockpot Theater. Uh, come see the show is another way as well, but do both. Consider if you want to um, support artists who are exploring ways to come together in artists in a collaborative way. And isn't it cool to see community? Isn't it cool to see um, artists who can work together and create something special? So we're glad that you're here. Great big shout out to the process that has um, – that you have ahead of you in creating your Crock-Pot Theater. And we look forward to Crock-Pot Theater June 5th and 6th at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis. Check out crockpottheater.com and give a gift. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for joining us on Connections Radio Show. Mm-hmm.